So let's listen carefully to the word as we uh, listen to this aspect of drawing the circle wider. And uh, that's what Jesus did when he rose. He just drew a very wide circle where everyone is welcome into, the, into God's family. So let's listen to and for the word of the Lord as I read out of Matthew 28, verses 16 and 20. Now, this, this text is usually known as the Great Commission. I would like for, for you to be able to take that out of there. Mr. Theologian, uh, he knew who I was talking to. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, let's, how do we call this in class? Let's void tradition out of the text, is it? Let's listen to the text freshly, like if it was the first time you heard it. It's difficult for many of us because uh, in our American kind of Christianity, we have made this thing a centerpiece, and there's a lot more than just what we think there is in there. So let's listen to it freshly, like if it was the first time. You've heard the story that he rose from the dead. His disciples were, were told by the women who saw him risen to go to Galilee. So then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. And listen to this one. But some of them doubted. How many of you knew that was in the Great Commission? But some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given, listen to this, all authority. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go in your own strength, make all the plans you want, make all of the, the mechanics you want, make all the little pamphlets and convert people into this. What happened? Um, you know, I lost my glasses and I borrowed this one from the lost and found. So they're here if you lost them. What does it say? I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, of all the peoples, it really says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of age. The word of the Lord. Last week, as we introduced the topic of drawing the circle wider, we were actually looking at the idea that no one, actually not one person on earth, saw the resurrection happen. No one saw it happen. What people saw was the, the after effects, for example. The, they saw the empty tomb. They saw the linens that wrapped him up in the bed or in the rock lane where they laid the body. They, they saw that. They were told by angels that something had happened and that, you know, this guy has risen. So, but nobody saw the resurrection. But one thing we know for, from, from that moment on, that the resurrection of Jesus Christ continues to reverberate, continues to have influence, continues to be part of our lives. It is something that generation after generation has been influenced by. There are ripples of the resurrection, and this is what we're talking about. Ripples. How one event that no one saw has been so influential throughout history, has been so overwhelming, has drenched and has just circled up all of humanity in one way or another. But I want you to look carefully at one of the points in the text. Not only the fact that some doubt it, 
which I like that. Because not everybody comes to Christ with the same faith. Not everybody comes to Christ with the same speed. Not everybody comes to Christ the same way. Christ draws you in God's way. God's way. It happens God's way. It does not happen just because. God draws you in. And God uses everything and anything available to God to draw you in. So they doubted. And what does the next line say? So he rejected the ones that doubted him? No. One question was asked of 400 theologians one time in Lucerne, Switzerland. And they were asked, when did the disciples become Christian? Have you heard me say this in classes, perhaps? And out of one week, I mean, that was the overall question for the conference in Lucerne, Switzerland. And they broke up into their workshops and they did their own things, you know, throughout the week. And when they came back together, they, they did not have an answer. When did the disciples become believers? They didn't have an answer. 400 theologians, come on. And this is the, the conservative brand, okay? <laughs> so they could put it together. They didn't know. But they came with an answer. And we see it here in this text. That no matter where they were in their process to become God's people, no matter when they became Christians, that's the thing to do. No matter when it happened, Jesus always treated them with their doubts and their confusions, always treated them as disciples. Look what it says. Some had doubts. Jesus knew about their doubt. And the next statement says, and then Jesus came and told his disciples. He didn't exclude anyone. Even the ones with doubts, the one with confusions, the one that didn't have it all together, were part now of the circle. They were invited to be part of that wider circle because now it did not mean, it doesn't mean about you, it's about God and God's intention for you. Now, the other phrase that is very, very interesting is that I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. That's why we sing, He is Lord. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And we take this text and make it about us. And we have to go out and make Christians. No, it doesn't say that. It says about making disciples. But it says that as we are believers, we are going to encounter people and the love that we show them, the ripples of the resurrection, the ripples of mercy, the ripples of grace, the ripples of understanding, the ripples of peace will touch them, will overwhelm them. And they will then want to know where does that come from? Where was that first rock launched? Empowerment is something that God gives us as part of the resurrection. So one of the, of the ripples of the resurrection, one of the things that tend to happen when Jesus rose is that he creates a community. Now people who didn't like each other because I don't know if you're aware of it, the disciples, there were like 12 of them. Scripture talks about in the wider circle about 72 of them. Then in other texts, we find there were 120 of them, right? But it so happens that now with the power of the resurrection and Christ given all authority, listen to this, all authority on heaven and earth, the circle just grows wider. And everyone is invited in. So we are invited to be part of a community, to be part of a group of people. We're invited to be together, not alone, suffering our own, our own whatever. I could have a list of those because I know them. 
But instead of just going through that alone, we are part of a community. We've been brought together. Actually, not through our politics, thank God, that doesn't work. Not even through our own likings, personal affinities, but because of a mission, because of Christ calling us, because of us being named as one in Christ, one faith, one baptism, one Lord, one mission. So in, the, in, in Christ drawing the circle wider as he did that, he invites everyone to that community of believers to be part of that community. Secondly, not only do we become part of, of the kingdom of the wider circle, but we also are shown a wider influence. We are called to make a difference in these ripples of the resurrection. You see, it, it, when you throw a rock in the water, in the lake, wherever you're at, in the pond, it always has ripples. It just doesn't sink down unless you kind of put it and sink your hand down and drop it. But it always has ripple. It always has a, that consequence. So it is with the resurrection of life. So God has called us into a community. And what do we do in this community? Do we then come and share our illness with one another? Yeah, that's part of it, but we sharpen them. Do we then come and share our concerns with one another? Yes, we do. And we pray for one another and try to help one another. But what else do we do? Do we just come sit here every once a week? I can't do that. I think it's sinful, I think it's immoral for us to have this building, not anymore, empty during the week, doing nothing. I was in Oxford, uh, Georgia this weekend at the first campus of Emory University. Oxford is next to Covington, <laughs> you know, right there. And uh, I saw on the road in three churches, three buildings, traditional building churches, had a for sale sign. Three of them in the same road had a for sale sign. I wonder what happened to that community because they didn't seem to step out and make a difference in their immediate community. So they turned inward. And when we turn inward, either in community or personally, it's not always healthy. It's not always healthy. You got to consider that. So not only does the power, are we empowered to be a community of people together, not only are we empowered to make a difference in the community that God has called us to, but I think one of the things, and perhaps one of the most important things that the resurrection has done is allowing people to make a difference. There, there was a lady who was born in Puerto Rico some years ago, and, and her father and mother were not in good terms, and they divorced. She actually contracted a polio during the 40s, epidemic, sometime either before or after the war, and he was called to build ships. This girl was then left alone to families. She actually lived between family and family for several years. She was actually attempted to be abused by some of the cousins, you know, sexually abused by some of the cousins. Never happened, but there were attempts, and that hurt her that her family would try to do that. She lived and, and, and and, and she kind of went to school trying to get out of that negative cycle of life. And she married a young man who was uh, a kind of family, <laughs> not too close, but he was kind of family. And they had three kids. Well, she raised three kids, and she did not know that she was raising three leaders, as she tells me not long ago. 
One of her daughters is a, a, a psychologist and clinical specialist with children in Puerto Rico, and she works with that. The other daughter is a pastor working with a community in the southwest of the island, and she has a son who he cannot make any mistake in the world. Now you know who I'm talking about? Mom. <laughs> but you see, according to history or according to statistics, she, she, she should have just been a, a, a perhaps an alcoholic, maybe a depressed person because her life began so sad and so lonely and she had to make ends, you know, out of, she had to figure it out in life. And, and yet, she decided to raise kids for God. And she decided to sacrifice herself in working overtime so that her kids could go to a Christian school. Now she sits back at 80 and she has great-grandchildren, grandchildren and all them, and she sits back and rejoices in how the ripples of her inspiration because of a risen Lord had given her motivation for life. Those are the ripples of the resurrection in a person's life. Sister Teresa, as you see in, in, in your cover, also was a person of, of, of not so big of a standing, coming out of a communist country, who knew that she could make a difference in, in, in the life of so many when she decided to become poor and help the poor. And today, the ripples of that rock that she sent into the world is all over the world. But perhaps the most important, the most amazing thing that God has done in the power of the resurrection, that God empowers us in the resurrection, is the fact that we have that eternal life. And that eternal life, we know we have it because he rose, and he's the first, as Paul says, of many. And if he lives, we live. But, you know, some people still think that that... Uh, that that resurrection power or that eternal life is only, there you go, <laughs> is only for after we kick the bucket. I told you about, I first heard about kicking the bucket. I asked my uncle, how's his toe? I didn't know what it meant. So it's not for after when we kick the bucket. This is what, what depression people, or way back then they used to call the pie in the sky. Someday we'll get there. Someday we won't have any. Well, guess what? Eternal life begins here and now. Begins here and now. How many of you actually have eternal life right now? Oh, I can see it. Okay. <laughs> but that's what it comes down to. It's not just a holiday to celebrate. I'm still trying to figure out the bunny. Where does it fit? I love the eggs, though. So this empowerment for eternal life, um, <clears throat> Paul calls it as I close. In, in the book of Corinthians, he says, O death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? For sin is the sting that results in death. And the law gives sin its power. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory over sin and death. See both? Sin and death. So we have a life to live, a new way to experience life and forget about death because he's conquered it. As we draw the circle wider, let us commit. Grab that power that God has given you. Make it your own as the inspiration of a life who rose up from the dead and kept on ministering and continues by the sending of the Spirit. 
We rejoice in that reality, and we invite you to continue, not only to make the circle wider for other people here at Light of Hope Presbyterian Church, but make the circle wider in your life. Is there new people that are coming into your life? Are you rejecting those new neighbors? Welcome them into the big, wide circle that God has created for us to live in and to rejoice and enjoy. So we have the power. Let us then go to the source of the power as we pray. And the Reverend Charles Nyaga will lead us in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. First, we would like to give praise to you for being who you are and the fact that you are not human like we are. We confess, and I confess on behalf of Light of Hope, on behalf of your church, Universal, on behalf of the Presbyterian Church worldwide, and all Christians, and all those who confess to follow you, that we have indeed widened small circles. But God, the only problem is that we have only widened our own small circles of people who we have common goals, common colors and common creeds and common speeches and accents. Even when you call us to widen the circle to include everybody. This morning, dear Lord, we were reminded that Teresa, Mother Teresa, talked about the ripple effects. And we see the ripple effects of the small circles that we have widened amongst our own. We confess that the church is no longer the moral campus that you meant it to be. We also confess that we have taken your word and twisted it to suit our circumstances and our own egos. Lord, we come before you asking for your forgiveness. Give us the courage to meet the challenges of uniting all your peoples. We know you had a purpose when you gave us each gifts of the spirit, of the mind, of color, and all the gifts that you have given each one of us in order to do good for the community that we live in, the world community. Help us and give us the grace to do thy will, not our will. We pray that your word may reach all the four corners of the world. And in doing so, dear Lord, we pray that you may help us to see the injustices that spread all over the world. We see the world that is coming apart in the seams. 
and we are a part of it, even though we would not like to admit the fact. Touch each one of us. Dear Lord, we thank you because you woke all of us this morning, and we do not know why. But we are here, and we are alive, and we are breathing. We pray that you may touch each one of us here, our families and our friends. We pray for those who are in hospitals today, looking up to you for healing, that you may touch each one of them in every single bed. We pray for our children. As they go to school, that they may not fear that somebody will pop in and kill them. Give us adults, all of us adults, the sense of human dignity and human life. We pray that as we leave this place today, that you may continue to widen the circle. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Let us pray the prayer that God gave us to pray, Jesus Christ, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.